When life throws you a curveball, how are you going to handle adversity? Welcome to the Fearless Mindset Podcast, where you're about to go on a journey as I interview security, business, and entertainment leaders on what it takes to stay fearless. I'm your host, Mark Ludlow, and enjoy today's episode. Now, Corey, here, you know, I'm, I'm curious. What is the motive? Is, do you think there's a, some back behind door deals with Biden administration in China with this? Or does Biden just want to get out of there? And you think, Stephen told me there's got to be something going on. There's always money involved in these things like this severe happen. Something's going to benefit somewhere. And I'm wondering, is it Iran, China, Russia? Uh, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you right now, no one's going to benefit more from this than China and the CCP. They are going to go in there and they're going to harvest over a $1 trillion lithium mine that they will use for renewable batteries, that they are going to take out the minerals from there. This also advances, bear in mind, China wanted to create the one road, one belt solution from Xinjiang province all the way through Afghanistan to help basically recreating almost like the old Silk Road transit route. And that goes right through Afghanistan. Now, why Joe Biden continues to increase China's strength, refuses to hold them accountable as an adversary, cancels the American Keystone XL pipeline, but approves the Russian pipeline, even though they're sanctioned, has enabled China to do a 25-year, $40 billion infrastructure program with Iran, the largest state sponsor of terror. The next play for China, and here's the thing, Americans have to understand that this is not about kinetic warfare. This is about resource and economic warfare, something that America has continued to fail to rise to the challenge of and that China has continued to thrive on. Russia knows that since the 80s and the Cold War, they're always going to be known as the Big Red. They're not going to rise to that great superpower resurgence as you can with China. That's why they're supporting China because they're brought together by similar sanctions. Same thing, Iran. And the next target for Iran will, or, or sorry, Iran and China will be Iraq. Iraq, they're going to go after Kirkuk which is the purest oil in the world. They're going to go after the silic sands in the uh, Anbar province, which makes silicon, which also makes the microprocessors. They're going to go after that large Mount Everest size uh, uh, deposit of natural gas on the Anbar border with, with Jordan. This is resource warfare. They are a billion people strong. We're 334, 335. Well, depending on how many illegals Biden brings in, there could be a lot more Americans. Um, But the bottom line is that they have a big mouth to feed and they have to get out there and do it. And the Biden administration continues to look at things like the Paris Climate Accord or rejoining the JCPOA, which is the failed Iran nuclear strategy. Look, since Biden's come in, let's look at the facts from a foreign policy perspective. Russia's back on the border and pushing back with Ukraine. China's growing stronger with every single day economically from a resource and geopolitical stance. They're continuing to slaughter and harvest the organs of Uyghur Muslims who are Chinese people. They took away the one state two or the, the, the one state two system framework that gave Hong Kong its freedom and independence from mainland China. That's now been denied. You've got Iran who's now enriched its nuclear capabilities by 60% since they came in. You got North Korea who's now back testing their mid-range ballistic missiles. You now have our allies who are walking away from us. Let's look at the world stage today. If you're one of our allies or you're a country who's at risk of conflict, are you going to look to America to save you or to partner with? No, we just demonstrated in Afghanistan that we will walk away from you without stability, without a metric of success. And this is why people have to acknowledge the Trump administrations. You know, they had a a agreement on the table 
but that was a conditions-based agreement. And if those conditions weren't met, we weren't leaving. And instead of staying to that condition-based agreement, Joe Biden wanted to utilize 9-11 as a political optic. And let me tell you what 9-11 has done as a political optic. We were attacked on 9-11 for the World Trade Centers and lost thousands. We were attacked at our consulate in Libya on 9-11, and we lost heroes like Tyrone Woods, like Glenn Doherty, like Sean Smith, like Ambassador Stevens, again, under the Democrats' power. And now we've given and armed the greatest, largest scale terrorist group with $83 billion in weapons armament in their own country. We've basically created the caliphate, which is exactly what ISIS was trying to do in Syria when they were breaching and reaching across. And that's all been done under the eye of the Biden-Harris and Democrat administrations. Yeah, I'm still, but I was, when I watched the news, I hadn't watched the news in probably three weeks. I was down in San Francisco covering a client with all our agents down there on different sites. I turned on the news for the first time in three weeks. And I just like, what the heck just happened? I, yeah. I just like, all this military equipment is left there. Our tax, billion. Dollar, our tax dollar money from America is over there on the desert. And it's like, well, not to mention, Mark, <laughs> we just armed a terrorist organization. America has to wake up to the fact that we just armed and we actually are. They're now the greatest and most heavily armed terrorist organization in the world. And that's because of America's withdrawal. Why didn't we blow those things in place? Why didn't we secure those at Bagram? Why didn't we look at a, a deeper and stronger plan on this to ensure that the Afghan government of Jeroa could stand tall? This is failure. And it goes back to what we talked about, about the crisis in leadership. This is an absolute failure, Mark, to not make sure that we hold our adversaries accountable and that we make sure that we, you know, when we commit to something, yep. that we stick with it and our allies and our partners know that we won't leave them behind. If we're leaving our own countrymen behind, do you think that we'd come after you if you're not one of ours? Not going to happen. Corey, I'm gonna, I want you to send a message. The millennials, I don't think, get it. And a lot of them don't want to join the military right now because they don't, they don't have the values that they have. And explain to them your future, what you see America going at, where, the track we're on, where we're headed to. Explain a, few, a, a possible of America that might be different from then to now to the millennials that might be listening to this because they all love podcast and they don't like they don't listen to cnn they don't listen to fox they don't they don't but they don't even like the news because they feel it's all lies and you're in it you're seeing it you've been in boots on the ground what what is your message to them that may be voting for you too in florida well i'll tell you i, I i'm not one to fear monger i'll always just give the truth i'll always yeah. give the facts and, and and look at the historical data that supports that you know i look at the economical collapse of Venezuela, the most oil-rich and wealthiest country in South America, the minute they put in socialism, Marxism, it sounded good in the initial. But remember this, basic economics, if you've got a million dollars, whether you split that and divide that by a million people, a hundred people, a thousand people, it's still a million dollars. You cannot increase wealth by dividing it. And that's a basic economic principle. What we saw in Venezuela is that you started creating more and more over time people who enjoyed originally the dependency of government because government was like mom and dad. They were shuttling out and supporting you if you didn't want to work. And, you know, the rest of the people were still working hard and trudging along and, and trying to build the country. But eventually what happens is that that working class 
they get tired of seeing all of their hard work and efforts go to others who are not working. And they just go ahead and subscribe themselves to the fact that, hey, you know what? I'm just going to become one of them. Now you have an entire society who is basically in complete and utter failure. There is no productivity. There is no food supplies. There isn't enough oil at the gas stations. There isn't enough for you to get by economically and rapid inflation continues to tick up and tick up and tick up. And what the government does is they take an authoritarian perspective as dictators do, because right now they're the minority, the government. We're the majority as Americans. That's why it says we, the people in our constitution, not we, the government. And what happens is, is that we become so critically dependent upon government that they can now issue down any tyrannical rule or order they want. And you no longer have those freedoms and liberties and independence. It's as it was stated after our constitution was signed. And a woman had asked and said, well, what do we have now? Do we have a democracy? Do we have a republic? And they said, we have a republic for however long we can hold on to it. Right. We're always one generation away from losing our freedoms and liberties. We're only a 245-year-old country. We have to protect this. Yes, we're the longest-running democracy in history. But we're nothing but a blip on a screen compared to most nations, whether it's the, you know, England, whether it's the Middle East and the Babylonian times, whether it's Asia, whether it's China. And we have to keep in mind that they all want what we have and they're willing to do anything to destroy it. Don't let us destroy it ourselves because the wolves are at the door. They're waiting for us to tear each other apart. And this is why I talked about my statement earlier, which is as Americans, we have to unite together because there are far greater existential threats outside of our nation that is looking to prey upon us and our government, both sides are not showing the strength necessary to hold us together. So what I ask everybody to do is, is remember what it is to be a free American. Remember what it is to understand the liberties that we have. Go look at other countries who can't speak freely on the streets. Go look in other countries where you can't be a woman and have the same rights and liberties as we have here. Go look at what you know, America was and what America is today. And I ask and I implore every single American, rise above your political affiliation, rise above your bias, rise above the ideas of what is it that's good for me. And let's look at it as a whole collectively of what's good for America. Amen, brother. Amen. Well said. Um, here's another, I, I, I'm just fascinated with national security being a Marine. You know, I look at all these countries that want us out. And I don't know if our biggest threat, biggest adversary is not the cartel, maybe the communist Chinese government, Russia, Iran. Because I know after we took out the top general Iran, Iran wants to pay back really bad right now. They want to pay us back and make us pay hard. What do you, from what you're hearing and seeing in, in the intel world, what, what, which country are you most concerned with? China is the greatest existential threat to the world, period. You know, we want to talk about kinetics. I was blown up twice in 2006. And on one of those, it was by the Iranian EFPs that Qasem Soleimani, the general you were just talking about, uh, who was eliminated in a very successful counterterrorism strike under the Trump administration. Basically, that's what they were introducing into Iraq during that time in 2005, 2006. And but I'll tell you, Iran, uh, North Korea, these guys don't hold a, a candle to the great threats that China and the CCP pose to the world. And so right now, from a national security perspective, I think that China is the greatest existential threat. 
I think China's allegiance and alliance to Russia and Iran and all these other you know, malign activities that they're involved in, mm-hmm. they're the chess makers. They're the ones who basically move the pieces on the board, but aren't actually the ones doing the things directly. It's why, again, I go back to this whole Wuhan virus thing, right? The China mm-hmm. virus. Why is it that WHO and all these large organizations wouldn't say what everyone in the world already knew? You know, we have to look at this as what it was, a biological war. What they did was they looked at the fact that they had a rising elderly population that they were being crippled by economically. And especially after the Trump administration put in that China phase one deal, that was billions in agriculture for America. They had to look at the fact that, you know, we were balancing our budget against them and that they were basically at loss of that. They had to look at the fact that at the time of the Wuhan virus, you had massive uprisings and protests in Hong Kong. And they wanted to quell those protests, but they couldn't because they had that one country, two system framework. And what else were they trying to push? Huawei 5G. We had just caught them spying in the Houston consulate in Texas. We had just figured out what Huawei 5G was actually trying to achieve. The Huawei 5G heiress was just arrested in Canada at that time. So they released this for one reason, to kill off their elderly population, which helped them economically to be able to conduct lockdowns so that they would be able to go ahead and put implement this constitution in Hong Kong to eliminate that system while people were off the streets. And they're the largest manufacturer of medications and PPE. So what do you think they were going to do? They were going to not say anything for the longest time until no one knew where the epicenter was, which is why, by the way, Matt, Mark, yeah. they allowed people to fly from Wuhan out of the country, but they were denying people from Wuhan to fly to mainland China. They didn't want it to spread within their own their nation. They wanted it to go across the world because what they were going to do was they were going to go to everyone as the big heroes. And they're going to say, listen, we know that this is a huge global pandemic that we don't know where it all started from. We're sure. going to give you all the PPE, all the medication, all the masks, all the things that you need at no cost. And all you have to do is implement Huawei 5G and then we'll be able to basically call it square. And what they were going to do is they were creating the largest espionage network, still intellectual property, and to spy in on the rest of the nation because that was the plan of 5G network from Huawei to begin with. So when I look at things from a national security perspective, when I look at things from an economic resource warfare perspective, when I look at who's the greatest existential threat in the world today, it's China. Yeah, you you brought up some great points because I know the Trump administration was killing the, the Chinese government. With the tariffs, he hit them with one, another one, and giving that money to the farmers so they can, you know, get the money because the losses of soybeans or whatever. Imagine that an America First agenda, Mark, by our wow. own president. What, what a novelty! America First. I thought that's what supposed to, the president was supposed to do, but as ironic, you're right though. The timing of that was within months. They got pissed off, and then all of a sudden, that thing went down in Houston where they found the spies, and then all of a sudden. They shut down all incoming, but they started flying everybody out. I'm like, that was so strategic. And then the spin cycles of the news outlets started spinning in one way or the other. I'm like, you know, Americans are not stupid. Americans are very brilliant, smart people. And whatever the news outlet you like, you know, Corey is telling you the truth. He's been there. He's he's done spec op stuff. He's in the intel role. He knows and if you're in the audience, you try to figure out what's true, what's not. He just told you the truth. And, you know, I, I mean, think I would, about it, Mark. We were being banned and suspended from Twitter and social media for saying that it was a China virus, even though it comes to find out everyone's now realizing it was from China. And this is what President Trump said from the very beginning. 
We're starting to see, and again, this is where the cancel culture came out and started canceling the truth. What they were doing was they were trying to spin and utilize here in America, the CCP playbook of tell a lie enough times that it becomes the truth. You know, control a narrative or control one you know, a, a, a individual statement and you can control the world. Because if I basically silence, you know, I silence or I censor you, Mark, and they can only hear my voice, it's the old squeaky wheel gets the grease. I'm going to basically get all the media play. I'm going to get all the time out there. And this is what they're doing right now. They're spinning it. You know, you've got the Democrats, Silicon Valley, social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, all the rest. They're all in the back pockets. They're all involved with China. And so is this Democratic Party, because if not, it does not understand or explain to me why we can read things which get passed very quickly. You use 30 second blocks and boom, they push it out as fast as possible. Oh, we covered it. We covered it. Well, Mm -hmm. why aren't you covering the fact that there's human rights atrocities going around in China when you say that that's such a key importance for the Democrats? Why is it that you're not reporting on the fact that Han men are able to go into prisons where they've actually arrested Uyghur Muslim women and raped them repetitively and then also harvest organs and do all of these horrible and atrocious things? But yet we don't actually say a single thing. You know, we talked about Saddam and his you know, ability to utilize anthrax. We talk about, you know, the fact that we had to go in there because he was a genocidal maniac. Well, you got China killing their own people daily, daily for the Uyghur Muslims. And where's America? Where's the voice? Where's the Democrats? Where's the outrage? Where's the Ilhan Omars and the Rashida Tlaib and the AOCs doing their fake cries on the border? Where are they when it comes to these people? They're nowhere to be found. And the reason why is because big money, big lobby, Big tech controls the Democrat Party because they look at them for funding. It's compromised. Absolutely. It's treasonous. Total treason. You know, I, I sit here thinking to myself, wow, I never thought I'd see what and hear what I see today, you know, in today's society, in America, in America society. I never thought I would see what I'm, you know, happening before my very eyes. I'm like, I, it's, it's shell shocking, to be honest with you. It is. But I, but I know the audience, they, they want to hear what you had to say. And, you know, I have majority of my audience is uh, military vets and law enforcement. And uh, thanks to Frank. Thank you, Frank, for coming on the show. And a shout out to you and your daughter, Bella. We're watching you guys in action as you do your thing. And I uh, know, you know, I'm getting an increased audience. of the- I love Frank. That's my brother. Yeah, he's the most humblest guy I've ever met in the professional fighting world. He's a gentle giant, I'll tell you what. I mean, the guy's kneecaps the size of my face. It's unbelievable. Guy's, I mean, he's, he's an absolute monster. I, I told him, actually, on one of our first outings, I was like, yeah. hey, look, man. I said, here's the deal. You're way too big and too badass for me. If we end up getting in a scuffle one day because we're both really, really drunk, just know I'm putting six in your chest. I'm, I'm not even going to try and take a punch. And he, he kind of looked at me and laughed. He goes, yeah, all right, fair one. And uh, I, I'll tell you what. Frank has, has had an amazing career. He's an amazing warrior. Um you know, he is a, a true patriot and advocate for our law enforcement, for our military um, and, and his whole family. I mean, his wife, Jen, is incredible. Bella, Cage, Ronan. I mean, it, just an incredible family. So, um, you know, again, I, I, my, my hat goes off to him. Yeah, much respect to Frank as he, you know, he got me into the fight with him. I wanted to highlight his career. He's been, Frank's been through so much adversity and he yes. just fit, fit the mantra of the Fearless Mindset podcast of, overcoming his own issues he's got the warrior's a, code he is he's a total warrior much respect to him and his family and uh, he's actually going to join us but uh he's a very busy man busy schedule and you know he's 
his daughter's about ready to go pro, which she just met with Dana White. She's so. incredible, by the way. I think Bella's career will top what Frank and Frank did some amazing things. Two-time UFC heavyweight champ, done it all. But I'll tell you something. I think Lady Mir, old Bella herself, is going to top the top scales here. And uh, I'm excited for her career. And I'm very, very like, you know, have a positive outlook on where she's going. And, and, and she's going to hold multiple belts, I assure you. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm kind of excited. I know Frank doesn't want to say much because it's all business classified information. So I'm excited for little Bella. She's not little. She's she's the strong she's not. She's tough. lady. <laughs> Her future is bright. And uh, I've watched them on Instagram quite a bit. But anyway, um, I know your time is limited. And uh, do you have any uh, uh, encouragement to the military family? Any any words of wisdom, advice? They're thinking about getting out. They don't know if they should stay in with all this craziness going on in military ranks. What, what's your what's your encouragement to those guys? You know, I, I would always say that you know America has always shined through when we've faced adversity, and, and and we've done this on numerous occasions. This isn't the first time that we've we've gone through very difficult times as Americans. Now, this is a of a, a precedence of its own, but that's not to say that we can't weather the storm. America has always showed its true colors, that red, white, and blue, when we're at you know the the peak, getting ready to teeter over. So to all those who are serving, my hat's off to you. Thank you for carrying that torch. Understand what it is to wear that flag on your on your uniform, because that is an honor. And, uh, you know, stay strong. Understand that there's fighters that are still out there. And that's why I'm running for Congress, to try and make sure I can be a voice for you. And one of the first bills I will pass is to make veterans a protected class. Awesome. That's awesome. Being a Marine Corps vet, that's awesome to hear. And uh, you got my vote, Corey. I'll be supporting whatever I can do with my podcast. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. In an open door invitation anytime you want to say something, you just call awesome. me, email me, and uh, you got it. And this is Mark Ludlow with the Fearless Mindset. This is Corey Mills. He's an Army veteran, um, been uh, a media commentator, contributor with CNN, Fox, and many other outlets, giving his advice. He runs a very successful security company. How can people get a hold of you, Corey, if they want consultation for security services for your organization? Well, I'll tell you, if you want to get to uh, our businesses, you can go through uh, solutionscom If you want to track and follow my campaign, you can follow me at mills4florida.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at CoreyMillsFL. Thank you, Corey. And Corey, I will have my team, my podcast team, put together some stuff for your social media awesome. on Twitter and Instagram so they can follow this broadcast. Because what went so long, we had some great content. And, you know, it's more than just content. It's true information, unfiltered. It's real raw. It's what people need to know, not media-driven for polls or whatever. But I wanted real raw information for our millennial. You know, they don't know. They're getting out of college. They're told they think a certain way. And I just want to educate those people of what the truth really is. This is all about truth. My podcast is being fearless even in the face of falsehood and truth. And uh, supporting you as well, being a fellow vet, and uh, you can uh, everybody knows Mark. you're welcome. You're welcome. So I'll have my my team get together with your team, and we'll blast off awesome. media and get you out there to support you in your run for office because we need we need more vets in office. Just a flip flip Washington. We only have about office. 17, 18 percent of veterans in the mil in, in the government right now. That used to be up in the 70, 80 percent level. We need to get our veteran community larger in government because. Who better understands voting and thinking about war than those who actually fought them? Amen, brother. Amen. Well, I didn't know it was that low, 17%. That's low. Yeah. 
And also, Frank and I might be going to Texas to go do a little border thing here awesome. in November. So I'll let you know about that. So if you let want me to know. meet up, we'll maybe do a little photo Absolutely. op and maybe some uh, uh, little beer and barbecue. Fr- Texas way. Exactly. All right, folks. This is Mark Ledlow with the Fearless Mindset Podcast. Corey Mills comes to us from Florida to join us to talk more Afghanistan, everything you think of. There's too much to mention. Just listen to the podcast and you won't be disappointed. So we'll wrap this up. Thanks for viewing. Thanks for listening.